coming up. All the experts say the economy's great. Actual people say it's not. Who's right? And are we going to talk ourselves into a recession, which is wow. a troubling notion. You can do that. Plus, a beloved listener uh, in defense of those smart light bulbs we were mocking the other day. No, I'll continue to mock them no matter what this person says. Um, but I did hear a lot about... Uh, well, I'm going to say this anyway. Uh, I did hear a lot about uh, the big immigration bill that got passed through Congress yesterday, but mm-hmm. I haven't paid a lot of attention to the details, to be honest with you. They they, they f- felt the pressure on all sides, or somebody felt the pressure no, to actually do something? it's a manufactured crisis. <laughs> Never um, forget. But so some sort of giant bill made its way through the House yesterday, and what all is this going to deal with? We probably should take a look at that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, my understanding is the Senate says, that's cute. We're going to cook up our own bill, then we'll try to hash out the differences. So Which is usually the way legislation is supposed to work. That's fine. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, that's right. better than doing nothing. Right. Which is one of the two things Congress does well. Uh, we do believe that Mike DeBonis of the Washington Post will be joining us in a moment or two to discuss the machinations on Capitol Hill and, and where the money's going and what people are saying about it. I'm reading Hanson's body language. It's looking good, I think. Or he's, he's right. frantically dialing different numbers. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the situation a fake crisis at the border. Chuck Schumer, a crisis that does not exist. Steny Hoyer, there is no crisis at the border. Now, that was months Hakeem ago. Hakeem right? Jeffries, there is no crisis at the border. They're not saying that now, are they? No, no. They're liars. They're lying liars. Jerry Nadler, there is no crisis at the border. That, that was the talk leading up to the election. Yeah. That's oh, so disingenuous. Oh, an F-bomb was just dropped. I'm not liking our chances. What? What? We have him. Do it. Oh, good. Mike DeBonis joins us now, congressional reporter covering the House of uh, Reps for the Washington Post. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, now that everybody... Bipartisan solution, I heard. Uh, <laughs> I joke. I did. Early. I did. Yeah, well, it, there's no denying there's a humanitarian uh, crisis on the border, and it's ugly, and then all of our agencies that are designating to deal with this are, are overtaxed and the rest of it. So what's Congress up to? Are they solving the problem or trying? Uh, so last night we had the House pass their bill. Uh, it was basically an all-Democratic bill. We had a couple of Republicans vote for it, but not many. Uh, today the Senate will probably uh, pass a bill that is more bipartisan. It has, at least at, at this time, you know, a, a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats supporting it. Um, but now, you know, you know, you you watch Schoolhouse Rock. You got to, to get the both of them to agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're not quite sure how that's going to go. And that's the, that's the real drama right now. What do the Republicans object to in the Democrat-sponsored bill in the House? Uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, there was some. Um, you know, it's more what the, the Democrats are objecting to in the Senate bill. I, you know, the, you know, the, in the Senate bill, there's some money for Department of Defense to deal with sort of border issues. Uh, House Democrats didn't include any Defense Department money. The Senate bill included some ICE money, uh, basically back pay for overtime. The House bill did not include any ICE money because fund any any money for ICE is a is a tough vote for wow. a lot of Democrats. Um, And then there uh, are a lot more strings on how the the administration can spend the rest of the money in the House bill than there are in the Senate bill. And uh, those are the the differences they're going to have to sort of figure out. Well, uh, back to on the ice thing alone, why isn't there a a move 
to just get rid of ice then? How about legislation for getting rid of ice, or is it not quite unpopular enough to do that? Uh, that's a complicated question. <laughs> um, there's but, certainly a constituency in the Democratic ranks for something like that, but it's not an overwhelming constituency to the point that the leadership would be want to uh, endorse well, it's, it's, it's not a, a it's, like that. it's not a, a rogue operation i mean congress created ice out of after 9-11 we thought we needed another layer of various crap to deal with people coming and going in this country and uh and but but, but a lot of democrats hate it and don't think it think it's, it needs to be abolished it just it's a it's a weird situation to have with a government agency isn't it yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that's been percolating, uh, for, you know, for a couple of years now. And yeah, you know, not only does the uh, Congress have to come up with a you know emergency border bill here, like literally in the next you know 24 to 48 hours, but they also have to start thinking about you know funding Department of Homeland Security into 2020. Um, and there, there's no real clear path to doing that and uh that's going to be a, a bigger problem later this year as they try and w- look at the, the broader issue of funding the government uh mike debonis of the washington post is with us uh mike did you hear the one this is a great joke i just heard you hear the one about uh congress heard the cbo report on the incredible levels of debt and did something about it did you hear that one Definitely did not hear that one. That's yeah, that's a little sarcasm there. <laughs> it's really quite astonishing um the inactivity and and all the all the discussion just being so, how much money we're going to spend on this that or the, the other. The, I think the CBO report officially came out yesterday. You know, saying we're at the highest levels since right after World War II. Is there any talk around there in DC about that yesterday, or did, uh, did nobody care? Here and there, uh, there were not a lot. I did not see any lawmaker go to the floor of the House or the Senate to discuss the CBO report. And even bring it up. Wow. Okay. Well, there you this go. is astonishing. Right party, well, I would add. From yeah. either party, right? Right, right. Uh, Mike DeBonis, congressional recover a uh, reporter, rather covering the House of Representatives. Say each word individually, Joe. <laughs> uh, Mike will follow this in and read your stuff, and we thank you for the time very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Nobody from either party <laughs> even wa- wasted the time, and it wouldn't have made much difference. I mean, you know, unless somebody's watching C-SPAN at two in the afternoon. One congressman you've never heard of from a state you've never been goes when out there and says, will we wake up to the threat posed by the debt? I hold in my hand the new report from the CBO and right. blah, blah, blah. And it wouldn't have made any difference, but nobody even, nobody even brings it up. It's just not even worth mentioning. Man, I'd like to see the congressional record from yesterday, though. It's available. Uh, you know, somebody made a five-minute speech on gonorrhea relief for Louisiana. And <laughs> somebody Boy, sp- and they need it. Spoke, somebody spoke in favor of making the, uh, the the whatever moth the official you know the, the insect of the United States or whatever. I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> Those are a couple of hilarious Look, examples. Nobody, nobody cares. Uh, early in our talk radio career, we uh, we used to take a lot of calls. Oh, which I'm advocating. I say we go back to. I wanted at least one day soon. I want to take phone calls. We're talking about Friday. Throwback Friday. Let's take calls and talk a, to people. We're going to put a limit on it? Like, well, as long as it's good. Uh-huh. So so not many. <laughs> no, no. Optimism, my friends. And what is... Uh, what is uh, oh, but we... Uh, there, there was a topic 
Um, and, and it was clear Americans didn't care about it. And, and our question to the audience was, why don't you care about this? Yeah, we did learn right away. That and, and we got, like, you know, no calls. You can't ask the question, why don't you care about this, and get calls. Because people it don't care about why they don't care about something. <laughs> I just don't, man. Come you can't be motivated to explain your apathy. It's just it does, it's just not a thing, as the kids say. It creates zero energy or a black hole or something. Right, exactly. Uh, but, uh, so nobody cares. Moving along. My question about ice. Why so much gunnery in Louisiana? That's my question. And when will we give them relief? My my question about ice, I, I still find that interesting. And maybe ice shouldn't exist for a variety of reasons. I've, I've heard conservatives talk about it being another layer of immigration bureaucracy that is not doing what it was it was intended to do, and we're spending a gazillion dollars, and blah, and it was it's, so we it's could doing, pick up those duties and do them correctly. It's without doing, that agency, possibly. I don't know that, but okay. I have heard. But fisc- that's the argument. I've heard fiscal conservatives make that argument okay. that it's it's another layer of doing stuff that other organizations were supposed to be doing. Well, that's not what old realtor eyes means, though. When she no. says abolish no, eyes, but so you got that AOC. Crowd. Oh yeah, she got them. You got the she fisc- got them realtor eyes. You got the fiscal yeah. conservatives that say we don't need it for for redundancy reasons. Then you got the realtor eyes and others who think it's just an evil anti the racist yeah racist. Even though it was created uh, after two thousand one and it existed all through Obama's term, and so it, but it's a, an actual agency. So you're not going to give it money, but you're not going to vote to get rid of it, right? Why don't you have a conversation about what it does, whether it needs to exist? Debate it on the floor. The, the way the way he st- talked about the schoolyard, uh, what was that called? I'm just a bill. Yeah, I'm only oh, schoolhouse rock. rock. The yeah. schoolhouse rock thing. It doesn't work like I was taught as a kid. They don't actually get there and discuss issues and no. argue about it. No, I'm just a bill. <laughs> I'm congratulations. Just a, you're a law. I'm just a check. I'm a lobbyist check, <laughs> and I'm behind every law that's ever passed by heck. <laughs> that ought to be the, the new one. Uh, so, yeah, that well, that just goes to show you cannot create a government program so stupid, useless, redundant, or wasteful that it'll ever end. I mean, there's probably a Bureau of Making War on the Indians somewhere where guys are making 100 gur a year. <laughs> and, and and they're just praying nobody finds out about it. Right. It was like, what was that story you told about uh, the guy had a, a government like, am I allowed to say what he was doing? It was a long time ago. That meteorology job? You remember? I don't even remember. I barely he, he remember. He worked at an airport, and all he had to do was phone in. Yeah. Like temperature the temperature twice and the wind direction once an hour. Yeah. So he'd had a, he had had a real job, and then little by little, they'd eliminated parts of it. Yeah. But, you know, it's too much bureaucracy to pay attention to the fact that, hey, we got a guy out here that doesn't really have anything to do. But they eliminated various parts of his duty with various other departments going away. Mm -hmm. And it got down to where he just had to call in like in the morning and the afternoon to report the temperature. Yeah. This is the only thing he did. And he didn't want to tell anybody. Right. Um, Why would you? (laughs) Why would you want to tell anybody? Because you have a conscience. Uh, You know what? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe at the end of my career, after I've made a living and put my, uh, you know, supported my family and everything. Oh, boy. I might point it out, but there's so much money getting wasted in government. I'm not sure I'd raise my head up and end my cool gig over that. You know, I don't know. I hear you. I hear you. It it makes me sad. There are people that are doing things all day long. It's not accomplishing anything either. Well, right. Yeah, I get it. You know, when the government sow... 
is just squirting yummy, yummy sugar milk Jeez, from all of its many teats. I'm taking off my headphones. <laughs> why? I just why, hit the delay. Why wouldn't you lap up some of the milk or wrap oh, your lips around it? The most disgusting metaphor ever. What? What? P- pigs aren't allowed to nurse their young? What's the matter with you? It's the circle of life or something. Oh and they God. make more delicious pigs. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Party officials have released the ground rules for this week's Democratic primary debates, and candidates will have 60 seconds to answer questions and 30 seconds to respond to follow-ups. Follow-ups like, I'm sorry, uh, what was your name again? (laughs) No, no, not you, the other one who looks like you. (laughs) I like that. Not you, the other one that looks just like you. Yeah. Same haircut? Yeah. That, yeah. You. Yeah. I've got a uh, drinking game for tonight's debate that we could hit you with some of the ideas of. Whoever put this out. I do love oh, Matt drinking on a Wednesday. And Matt Tybee's a pretty clever dude. Oh, so uh, yeah. Okay. Look, look no, forward to no, this I'm later. interested. Great. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, I hate when we do this. I, I, I'm so sorry. Of course, none of you really still listening to the show are, from, are aware of this, but hours and hours ago, I said we would talk about this, and we finally got around to it. How... E-commerce sites manipulate you psychologically. And some of this stuff's kind of obvious. Some of it's not. Nobody likes to be manipulated. There's an online, it'd be an odd person who does. You know, I really enjoy it when people, you know, they, they use trickery to motivate me to do things that are not in my interest. I find that very relaxing. Even if it is in my interest, yes. though. Even if, right. it, even if it is something I want. I right. don't like to be manipulated. I don't I don't want to be your uh, your dancing monkey. Right. Your puppet on a Shut string. up and eat your salad frosting. Okay. So you got the, they use the example in the uh, the failing New York Times. That's in that's a, it's a joke. Never mind. <laughs> uh, an on-site, online resale store called ThreadUp. I'm not familiar with it, but, you know, if you can get, like, brand-new-looking clothes and stuff, then I get it. Um, and they have pop-up messages. Alexandra from Anaheim just saved $222 on her order, says one message next to an image of bright, multicolored uh, dress. Um, it's a common technique on websites, shopping websites, intended to cause a desire to fit in with others, which I don't really have, or a fear of missing out. FOMA, yeah. But Alexandra FOMA. from Anaheim did not buy that dress. In fact, she does not exist. She's just a okay. fictional character. I kind of always assume that. But The fake messages, that's funny. I thought it would be easy enough to have real examples. Um, but no, they just make them up. The fake messages are an example of dark patterns, which I guess is the term they use. Um, devious online techniques to manipulate you digitally. Um, some are clearly deceptive. Others walk a fine line between manipulation and persuasion. Think of the brightly colored button that encourages you to agree to a service while the link to opt out is hidden in a drop down menu or just a tiny, tiny little circle you can barely click into. Right, right. The big giant button is we'll send you ads for the rest of your life. The tiny, tiny. I don't want those. I can hardly get to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. ThreadUp uh, researchers saw the website create the messages in April using code that arbitrarily selected combinations from a list of 100 names, 59 locations, and 82 items. Um, so it's just like a random, you're going to miss out generator. 
More than 160 retail sites use a tactic called confirm sharing. I'm sorry, confirm shaming that requires users to click a button that says something like, no thanks, I'd rather join the pay full price for things club. Uh, Yeah, I get that all the time on websites. Do you want to sign up for our newsletter? Yes, or I want to continue to be an ignorant ass. Really? Not that strong, but yeah, that's what they say, essentially. (laughs) I'd like to continue to be ignorant. Really? I haven't seen that. What a funny idea. Yeah. I wonder if that works. Well, if it does on you, I pity you. Or at the very least, I would like you to come to a Joe Getty assertiveness class because I see that and I think, all right, now there's no way I'm going to click the yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Don't try to pull that stuff on me. You think I'm that weak a character? Are there? Oh. Uh, does anybody else other than me, and I realize I'm not like everybody in a lot of ways, but um, you hit me with enough ads, I will not buy from you. I find it annoying if you hit me with enough ads. Yeah. I'm, yep. just, I'm not going to buy from you. I'll buy from someone else. And then they mentioned that New Balance, the athletic apparel site, um, has uh, it, there's a message that suggests that you can check a box to receive emails. But on closer reading, the opposite was true. That what appeared to be the I want emails was the I don't want emails and vice versa. Oh, wow. You got to read that carefully. Yeah. New Balance says, well, Would you we're not legally to compliant. Not like receive. Do they put no two, emails. Do they put two knots in there and you don't catch it? Or it's that yeah, it's that sort of thing. Oh, not cool. But New Balance has cool. said we are legally compliant and we believe clear to consumers. Wow. Uh, we've got the Democratic debate drinking game, and Marshall's got his news coming up. So stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. I'm going over this debate drinking game that Matt Taibbi of Rolling Stone came up with. Is he still with Rolling Stone, or is he just right with yeah. whoever? But oh, anyway, he? Is he? he's, he's, a, he's a pretty snarky young mm-hmm. guy, and uh, this is a pretty cynical view of the debates, but how would you not have a cynical view of the debates? They're just, I don't know what they are. They're not debates. I'm not sure, as I mentioned earlier, they have any impact on hardly anything. I think the number of times there's been really real impact out of one of these debates, you could count on a couple of fingers in the history of debates. And that's not to say the media won't scream that it was a major moment, a real breakthrough, right. a real gaffe, but it turns out not to be really. I think even when you make a gaffe or get off a great line, I'm not sure it has much effect at all. But anyway... News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, we're just getting word. The U.S. Supreme Court is expected to release two big rulings tomorrow as the justices wrap up their current term. Oh, boy. One of the cases involves a controversial citizenship question on the upcoming census. The other case involves partisan gerrymandering, which, of course, is the political process of drawing up congressional districts. Well, that's pretty interesting. So what did we hear, Hans? Was it 78% of Democrats are going to tune into the debate tonight? That's a pretty high percentage. That's huge. Um, but whatever happens for your candidate, good or bad, these Supreme Court rulings come out, yeah. blows out all of the coverage of the debate on cable news for quite yep. a while. Uh-oh. Don't you think? Because yeah, that's just to a some way, extent. Because yeah. they just look at the latest shiny object. Yeah. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff says when Robert Mueller accepted the role of special counsel, he had to expect he'd be asked to testify before Congress. Schiff and fellow Democratic House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler 
say they issued subpoenas Tuesday and Mueller agreed to testify publicly on July 17th. I don't think the special counsel's office uh, would characterize it as a friendly subpoena. Um, he did not want to testify. Mueller's testimony is What's likely... What's a friendly subpoena? It's got like a picture of a bunny on the front, and we'd love for you to hop on over. This was I mean, a, what, what does that even mean? Well, it was a weird point of contention yesterday yeah. for the cable news crowd. So somebody said it was a friendly subpoena, which I guess means, yeah, I don't mind coming. Right. We want you to come on this day. So it's officially a subpoena, but I don't mind hey, coming. So Thursday works for me. I'll no, see you. <laughs> and so that, that story broke like in the middle of the afternoon, and everybody was talking using a term I'd never heard before in my life, friendly subpoena, like mm-hmm. we all know what they're talking about. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, Schiff comes out and says, I don't think anybody can serve friendly, which I think was he wanted to look like a hard ass who's really drilling down on this and forcing people to tell the truth. Clearly. I'm in charge of this process because he was really bothered by the way it sounded like it was no big deal, I guess. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. (laughs) Right, plus his pencil. He is not a long ball hitter. Oh, boy. Now, Alan Dershowitz of Harvard says... Despite the idea you just put forward that Mueller should have assumed that he would have to testify, right. Alan Dershowitz says there's no way you put out it. You put you either charge or you don't charge, and if you don't charge, you keep your mouth shut. That's the law, right? So I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Watch out, my friends! The national debt is exploding. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office warning it is about to hit unprecedented levels over the next thirty years, and as it stands now. The national debt is the highest since right after World War II, forecast to be 78% of the gross domestic product by the end of this year. In 2007, in comparison, it was 35% of GDP. God, that is incredible. And if things continue... 2007's not, you know, your grandparents' uh, era. Herbert Hoover was in the White House. The motor car began crisscrossing America. 2007. Babe Ruth hit 14 home runs in a single week. Budget expert Michael Patterson saying, quote, it's bad enough that our annual deficit will soon reach a trillion dollars, but the CBO's long-term projections show that the deficit will continue growing into the future with no end in sight. Of course, how to deal with that will be a major component of tonight's debate. (laughs) You're priceless. California Congressman Duncan Hunter facing some salacious allegations. Prosecutors are saying the Republican illegally used campaign funds to have affairs with a congressional aide. This is where it gets good. Because oh, he and his wife it are going already good. He and his wife are going to turn on each other. Well, yes. yeah, she's already. He tried to throw her under the bus, and then she announced she's pleading guilty to a single charge. And right. now we know why. Yep. Used the funds to have affairs with a congressional aide, one of his staffers, and three lobbyists. The court documents were filed Monday saying a lawmaker from Southern California used the campaign cash for hotel stays and late-night Uber rides, among a host of other things. Oh, yeah. He had a bunch of different lovers. He moved in with a couple of them, I guess. It's insane. Uh, all allegedly, of course. Uh, did you know that you do not, you cannot be compelled to testify against your spouse? But <laughs> you can waive that right of spousal immunity or whatever it is. I could see that being a major negotiating point. Honey, let's talk about the whole who's cleaning the bathrooms subject here. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i looking for a little change in that regard. What do you think? Hunter, by the I, way. I just uh, haven't looked at the checkbook register. <laughs> uh, I see some odd stuff there, and the authorities are asking a lot of questions. So 
Again, let's discuss the toilet. Hunter, by the way, trying to get the case tossed out, saying the allegations against him are nothing more than a political witch hunt. Right. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, I I find it kind of fun and everything like that, but it it really is really disgusting. You know, how many people have known this was going on? You'd have to have dozens of people that were aware this was happening for a long time. There are plenty of people in Congress who know it's happening because they're doing it, too. Sure. (laughs) Paris, by the way, is looking to make flying taxis a reality within four years. Airplane manufacturer Airbus. How is a flying taxi not a plane? I mean, just a, a flight. Or a, a helicopter. For one thing. <laughs> it's just not just a flight. What are you talking about, Marshall? <laughs> Airplane manufacturer Airbus is working with a French transport operator to look at how realistic vertical takeoff and landing vehicles also known as VTOL vehicles are. The study has been launched to look into traffic management, urban uh, integration, maintenance, design, and production. Officials have until the end of the year to pick a site to build a vertiport, which would host the air taxis in the region. God, I would think it would have to be insanely expensive because those kind of planes are really pricey. I mean, to to make money off of it? Maybe it's just like an ultralight helicopter. One out of three people die. Right. I'm not getting in uh, one of those to go around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. The future. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. With, like, Uber drivers. Yeah, I coach my little league uh, team, and I work at Staples, and I fly this incredibly complicated <laughs> helicopter. Those are my three things I do most of the time. Yeah. Climb in. Then no, you got the Verta taxis colliding right. with the drone that's allegedly going to be delivering my Chinese food, <laughs> according to Marshall. <laughs> and don't forget the drone that will run surveillance on your home. That's Remember, right. certainly that's right because right, Facebook so, is going to offer that. I oh, have, great! I want to have time for this drinking game that Matt Taibbi came up for the debate tonight because some of it is pretty good. It's snarky and it is cynical, man. I yes, mean, bring it. He's so good. I like this drink every time. Because he's a, insert Trump joke, drink any attempt to win the internet with a one-line Trump descriptor. Wall jokes, unfortunately, included. Double shot, if attempt, includes the phrase, you're fired. Oh, Doesn't that just, that just hurts. Oh, boy. The idea of somebody trying to make a, getting rid of Trump joke with a, you're fired. That's just, that's painful. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah, no Anyway, he's got a lot of examples of those to look for in the debate tonight. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tomorrow is the first of two debates and we get to see ten candidates. I read that the better you're doing in the polls, the closer to center stage you get to stand. So Elizabeth Warren and Beto O'Rourke will be in the middle, while Bill de Blasio will be watching from home in his living room. So you're going to have Elizabeth Warren in the center, and then a bunch of also-rans with all the other heavyweights on the stage tomorrow night for the debates. Boy, if Beto is the other featured performer, that night is hurting. Well, tonight. Matt Tybee of the Rolling Stone, who is very cynical about politics all the way around. Good. And a pretty funny guy. He said, a waste of time. 
seems an overly harsh characterization of this week's debates. It may, however, be a waste of sober time. And that's why he's come up with this drinking game for the debates. <laughs> you know, there's only so much sober time available. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, because of the sheer quantity of debates, we're making one set of rules that will apply to both games. Many of the rules are theme-based, as you'll see below. Blah, blah, blah. Some of these are very specific, and obviously from a guy who's been following this way too closely and is worn out by a lot of this. Uh, drink a thimble of liquor each time Maddow, Chuck Todd, or Swalwell mentions Russia or Putin. <laughs> wow. Uh, drink a full shot every time a candidate mentions I am the child of immigrants, meaning drink if Mayor Pete mentions his dad who immigrated because America was the best place in the world to get an education. If Amy Klobuchar mentions ancestors who arrived with nothing but a suitcase. If Sanders mentions the role of a father who journeyed across the ocean with nothing in his pocket. If Julian Castro mentions the year 1922 when his grandma arrived as a seven-year-old orphan. If Kamala Harris mentions her mother coming from India. So apparently he's heard all these stories many, many times. So is immigrant the new uh, humble background where you had to outpour each other? You know, I had to eat uh, dead squirrels on the way to school in the morning. My family was so poor. You had dead squirrels. Please, we had to. We had to eat the fur of dead squirrels because all the flesh was taken. Yeah, on that, he said anybody who... had squirrel fur. Drink if anybody gets into their humble beginnings. Drink if Amy Klobuchar mentions her grandpa, the iron ore miner, saving money in a coffee can. Or if Elizabeth Warren mentions her family's station wagon, double shot if she mentions the stocking feet her mother was in when she decided to save the family house. Oh, that must be, yes! That must be a regular part of the stump speech. That is a good one. Fifth of Hennessy. <laughs> yeah. If Tim Ryan mentions play now, if she mentions the stocking feet tonight, I will guffaw aloud. Yes. Uh, if Tim Ryan mentions playing Little League as a kid from Niles, Ohio. If Eric Swalwell mentions his mom who sold wedding cakes and handmade dollhouses out of the family garage. Ah, it's charming. Oh, boy. If Bernie Sanders mentions growing up in rent-controlled apartment, living paycheck to paycheck. Actually drink if anyone says paycheck to paycheck in any context. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, drink if Castro mentions the number 68 bus. I'll bet if you watch a lot of these people's stump speeches, yes. it gets, because the first time you'd hear it, you'd just think, oh, that's kind of a, you know, a detail. You might even just go one in your, but once you heard it over and over, you'd realize, wow, that's a point they think is important to make. Right. Yeah. You'd get I remember s- my grandmother who made her living retying the shoelaces of the rich, taking this number 68 bus across town. Just to get home to her garage where she crafted dollhouses. This is all so good and snarky. The working with my sleeves rolled up portion of the debate. If anybody inserts, re- insert real job here, if they mention that. Drink if Swalwell mentions a paper route or serving burritos. Warren mentions waitressing. If Buttigieg and Gabbard are in separate debates, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, either one of them mentioning being a veteran on the stage. Uh, Rudy Marsh was a geologist in Colorado. Who blah, was? Blah, blah, blah. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you snuck in a made-up <laughs> candidate. In yeah, there. Yeah, wait wait he, a minute. What if he's yeah. trying to see if I notice? And Bill Johnson, if he <laughs> yes. mentions, uh, if my faithful dog or cat drink, if Mayor Pete mentions dogs, Buddy and Truman, if Warren mentions Golden Retriever Bailey, if Hickenlooper mentions his rescue mutt Sky, <laughs> Gillibrand has a golden doodle named Maple. Ryan has got two dogs. I'd vote for that dog before I'd <laughs> vote for Kirsten Gillibrand. Booker, who has promised to get a dog if elected. <laughs> wow. Pandering. I can, I can become relatable. Inslee doesn't have a dog, but has a son with two, Pepper and Tilly. Oh, So he mentions his son's nice. dogs. Some grand dogs. 
Drink if Castro says the American dream shouldn't just be a dream and is not a sprint or a marathon, but a relay. Klobuchar mentions a shared dream. Swalwell wonders what happened to the promise of the American dream. Any of those are worth a drink. The whole not a marathon sprint relay thing. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that Mm. before. Oh, drink anytime any candidate mentions the word cages, as in by a man who puts children in cages. Right. (laughs) That's a pretty good one right there. All right, baby. Settle down. I really like this one. Uh, ending, uh, and in closing, I say something in Spanish, self-explanatory, drink, if anybody does that. <laughs> and in closing, I say a phrase in Spanish yeah, to show how cool you are. You know, you really ought to, it ought to be theme drinks, too. Obviously, you got to do a shot of tequila when that happens. If somebody brings up Russia and hints that Trump really did collude, you know, you got to do a shot of vodka. God, I really like the drink if there's an attempt to win the internet with a one-line Trump descriptor. <laughs> That's hilarious. A uh, drink if Biden starts a sentence with the word look. Boy, you'll be drunk by the end of the night. Oh, please. Or if he mentions working with Barack or any variation thereof, e.g., when Barack and I, there'll be a few of those tonight. Every My skin crawls every time he mentions Barack. Yeah, so does so does Barack's. Oh, really? I think, well, um, remember that uh, I love you bracelet or whatever? Oh, the friends bracelet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love you bracelet. so jivey. And one of the campaign managers had a, a snarky tweet about that. Brock's campaign manager. Hey, listen, I, I know I told you to call me Brock when we're alone, but when you're making public pronouncements, can you say the president? Yeah. Or President Obama? Drink if Biden tries to tell a story about reaching across the aisle and makes a dumpster fire out of it. <laughs> 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 That's pretty funny. I if, remember in the 30s, there was a young German leader. <laughs> and and he I was said, a bad we, guy? we should work together. He didn't put me on a train to Auschwitz. He called me son. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Drink if Inslee answers a question, any question, without eventually mentioning climate change. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what a joke you are, yeah. Jay. God, I like that stuff. Yeah, that's really good. God dang it. They, they're in a tough situation. They are all in a tough situation. The leaders are in a no-win-only-lose situation, I think. It just I don't see how Biden Biden can just hurt himself or, yeah. or, or survive. And then if you're on the lower tier, you got to swing hard. Right. Or you're just going to continue to be in the lower tier, and you'll be done. Second tier is fine. They can persevere for quite some time, still raise money and, and that sort of thing. But they're clenching down on the uh, qualification standards for the next debates. If you want to be in the next debate stage, you need to move up somehow. Hello, Elizabeth Holmes here, wearing a sensible black turtleneck. I figure-sticked Armstrong and Getty, and now here's their final thoughts with the results. She came up on the show earlier in her wolf dog. Here's your host, Joe Getty. It's a dog. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, producer, Positive Sean, what's up? <laughs> yeah, uh, another uh, rule from uh, Matt Taibbi's drinking game. If any candidate laughs at something Rachel Maddow says that isn't actually funny, take a drink. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Marshall Phillips, your final thought? Well, I know Positive Sean is a one-issue candidate, his issue being age. I am also kind of a one-issue candidate. I'm wondering if any of them will address the concerns of this nation's Finno-Ugric minority. <laughs> The Finns. Right, exactly. It's all about identity politics, yes. Marshall. 
Michelangelo, there in the control room. What's your final thought? At tonight's debate, John Delaney will try to get known by setting his wooden podium on fire and yelling, this is Trump's America. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. Jack, final thought? The good U.S. citizen in me wants a substantive debate in which we have an idea of what each of the candidates are about and can make a decision from there. Now, the human in me wants something crazy to happen. Mm. Just crazy over the top. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes, please. Uh, my final thought, my sweetheart is at the airport, finally coming home after a week and a half, babysitting our nieces. <clears throat> looking forward to her being home very much. Not looking forward to the housework I need to do today. And the covering oh, up boy. of the various excesses that may have occurred. <laughs> is it just empty uh, uh, bottles and uh, and burrito wrappers everywhere? Pizza boxes, yeah, as far as the eye can see. And, and the various uh, foods that she bought for me still in the freezer and or fridge, because I mostly ate out and... <laughs> Soiled socks lying about. <laughs> I didn't so much as heat water for coffee. Once that <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. No, I did that. Uh, so many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the clicks we talked about, the articles, the books, the guests, uh, uh, they're there. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. we got a brand new Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, the author of What to Expect When No One's Expecting About Demographics. You can check that out wherever podcasts are given away because we're stupid. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you and good night. Then the show's over. What? Bye-bye. When it comes on for you to go, you have to go. Armstrong and Getty.